It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 4th of October. We're live. It's a Thursday. It's a Facebook edition. We'll take your questions, your comments, and update you on where the Jazz sit before preseason game number three against the Adelaide 36ers. Plus, Culture Code interview continues with Royce O'Neal and Ricky Rubio coming to you on Friday. It is Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Hope you're doing great. Thanks to have you aboard. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Can you insight, expertise, geeky numbers? It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever podcatcher you might use. Tell your smart speaker. Tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on Jazz. Uh, NBA Audio League Pass is available for $9.99 this year. It is supposed to allow you to play the Utah Jazz radio broadcast from Alexa. I had my daughter try it the other day. It didn't work. We don't know if that's because of preseason or what, but I'm going to try to continue to work on getting an answer for you for that. But the Audio League Pass is available for $9.99 and should give you that as well. Um, TuneIn has another one you can buy, which gives you all Major League Baseball, all NFL. So uh, that's another option for you. The Utah Jazz app gives you jazz radio play-by-play as well, and we're looking to see if we can expand that radius a little bit. So we're working on a bunch of things behind the scenes, and hopefully uh, they will come together. All right, today's show is really designed in the first two segments to take your questions and get your thoughts on things. And then the third segment is going to go back to our Culture Club uh, culture code interviews and we'll do it with Royce O'Neill today uh, I don't know if I told you this already but Daniel Coyle the author of culture code is scheduled for an interview we're going to do it when I get back from the Sacramento preseason game and I think we'll do it on locked on jazz and locked on NBA I'm not entirely sure um, how that is going to play so um, I don't know excited to have you aboard so uh, that's I'm really I'm pumped for that. I thought that was really cool that he kind of took notice of what we were doing and that he's going to uh, come on. So that's that. All right, let me get to uh, the Locked On Jazz Facebook group. 2,000 members as of right now. We just welcomed in our 2,000th member to the Locked On Jazz Facebook group. Thank you very much. Uh, a few posts that have been out, a lot about Joe Ingles and 11-3 attempts the other day. I think that is a sign of what happens when there's no scouting report. So I don't have a feeling that Nick Nurse took his team through a very detailed, like, here's what they run, go out and get them. And I think what we saw, we always talk about, well, Joe should take more threes. This, I think, shows you what teams are doing in a game to take away his threes. So that if uh, Joe were to just, you know, have a game where people weren't paying attention and and weren't tiled into who he is as a 44% three-point shooter, then I think that that's... What you would see is the fact that he gets 11 threes a game. Instead, he's going to get four or five because they're not going to leave him in the corner. And they're not going to leave him from three very often. He's going to have to find ways uh, to navigate to get those threes. Uh, Really interesting question by Cody Eden on the Locked On Jazz Facebook group. He wrote, since it's Joe Ingles' birthday, maybe you could help me mull over something I've been thinking about. How do you think Joe Ingles will age? He broke in the league at such an old age, relatively few miles on the odometer for 31. Will that buy him... 
a few more years of production beyond what most vets or not? I, I think it's a great question, Cody, and frankly, watching Joe in camp, I've been asking myself the same thing about, like, he's 31. He's beginning to move to the wrong side of this. He's not elite athletically, which actually a lot of times say people's reaction to that is uh, if he's not elite athletically, he'll be all right. I go the other way on that. I find when guys like Mamet Okor, who aren't elite athletically, get hurt, Carlos Boozer get hurt, then they actually fall off even faster. So that would be my concern, that if you're elite athletically and you slip, like LeBron has got to at some point we talked about, he's still going to be pretty awesome, right? Because he's got so many other skills, or at least now he's medium athletically. If you're medium or low athletically and you slip, like now you're just not in the league. So that would be my concern on on Joe, and then I don't know, like, is it just an age thing or is it a mileage thing? Uh, the other thing is Joe's body is in better condition now this year than it's ever been, the last two years than it's ever been. Partially Renee's, uh, his wife's dedication to her fitness and her being a professional athlete, and he's followed suit and he's got access in the NBA. So Joe's in better condition than he's ever been in his life. So I think that's the other thing that plays in this, but I don't, I don't have an easy answer on that. I think that's a really Cody. The fact you thought that I think is a, is a high level question. Um, and I think gets to be, is a really interesting one for the jazz to monitor. And I don't know the answer, but there, there could be a bad answer in there, frankly, like that's, it's a little disconcerting. Um, just that he did start later. And then if the aging process is truly the aging process and not a mileage process that goes the wrong way. Uh, next question coming in, another good one, this one from Ryan Short. Um, based on what I've seen in Rubio's confidence, pulling up for three and hitting three on the fast break, could he be a 17 points a game guy, or am I crazy? Well, you know, I, the, the perfect ideal world, of if we're going to go fantasy world and dream here for a little bit, what the Jazz get from Rubio for an entire season is what they got from Rubio in the second half of last year. I think taking, as I've talked about a lot on this show, taking second-half numbers for teams or players is a little bit of fool's gold. So in those final 23 games, to assume that every team was playing their best, we saw the Warriors with Quinn Cook, right? And and Rubio in those games averaged 15 points a game, five rebounds, six assists, and he shot 41% from three. I think that's a little bit of a, a misnomer. I think you're probably... Um, that's too short a sample size. There's too many games in there where the other team wasn't all the way in. So I'm going to say that's a problem. But let's go with about game. You know, the easy one is we just go choose that Atlanta-Detroit thing. But I, I think that's probably – let's go just split his season in half. He played 77 games last year. I'm doing this for the first time with you. So let's take game 38. That would get us to 76. Um, that inclu- That's – Starts us in Denver where he goes 6 of 9, and the next night he goes 0 of 6. So in that final 40 games of the season, so actually that's probably a little high. So let's, um, just because the way this happened to break that he played more games. um, So here, we'll take him from game. So he split his season half. I got 38 games now. He's playing 30 minutes a game. He averages 15 points a game, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists. While shooting forty four percent from three and four or forty four percent from the field and forty two percent from three. Wow. I don't think I realize that. 
I don't think I had caught that. So Rubio from January 10th to the end of the year, 38 games, which is 76, right? He played 77, so we're just taking the back half. And, you know, if you think we're skewing numbers, we could add that Miami game on top of it because that's an 0 for 6, and they'll just bring the numbers down. So in 39 games, let's just do that. I mean, I don't want to even – or let's just take his last 40, right? Like, wow. His last 40 games of the year, Ricky Rubio shot 44% overall, which is a silly number, but he shot 42% from three. 86% 86% from the line. He averaged 15 points, five rebounds, and six assists, and a steal and a half. Well, if that's your point guard, that's that's something else. So to the question that came in from Ryan Short, 17 points a game, that's just, he averaged 15. That's him taking an extra shot or two. And if he can do that, Joe can do a little, we can get Rudy another shot or two. The burden on Donovan is definitely far less. Wow, I that's you know probably I should know that I I didn't. That's everybody else know that that Rubio shot forty two percent from three in the final forty games of the year last year. I'll tweet that later and see if everybody did. Today's show is brought to you on Locked On Jazz by our good friends at Intercap Lending. This is a great Locked On Jazz success story. And actually, you know, wait a sec. This is a great. Good service, good customer service, intercap lending success story, and they're nice enough to let us be a part of it. I don't think we should take all the credit. That was a little obnoxious right there. My bad. So intercap lending is a 40-year-old lending company that Josh Romney purchased and brought to Utah. And when we started working with them uh, last year, they had two branches. They now have 11. I'm going to let you choose. Either, and they have two in, uh, one in Twilla, two in Utah County, one in the Palace and Cottonwood. So you can decide. Intercap Lending has either been this successful because they advertised on Locked on Jazz. We got their brand out there, and it's been wildly successful. Or you can decide that Intercap Lending has been successful because they have great relationships with real estate agents. Agents want people that are going to get deals done. That's the way they get paid. And Intercap gets deals done. They are a direct lender, and so therefore they're servicing their own loan like they've done with ours. They have long-term relationships and great customer relationships, and so therefore that allows them to continue to grow. They're able, by being a direct lender, have no overlays, no additional requirements, so they can deal with difficult loans. Sometimes those loans are because you own too many properties, you're self-employed, your business assets. Sometimes you have a low credit problem somewhere along the way. They can help you with all those. So you can decide, either intercompany had this great rise of success because of their incredible customer service, their great work with real estate agents, their flexibility by being a direct lender, or because they advertised on Locked on Jazz. I'd go with the first, but I'd call them right now, tell Steve Carter that you're a Locked on Jazz listener. They'll give you the corporate rate, 385-885-28. That's important. They're going to just, instead of, they're going to give Locked on Jazz listeners corporation power because we have enough listeners i guess so 385-885-28 that's 385-885-28 intercap lending nmls number 190465 for more information visit intercaplending.com that my friends is intercap lending life is complicated especially right now you're spending more time inside unable to go to restaurants and that means you're cooking dinner but if you're like me i hate cooking 
multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, let's get back to your questions. Let's get the ones that have come in today. Great job. Love all of you 2,000 people in the Lockdown Jazz Facebook group. This has been so fun to, to build this. I did a bunch of reading on things that I thought would be good, and I think it's been great, and a bunch of people. And welcome to Tyler White, our latest member of the group. I think he just joined Facebook, so Tyler White could be a part of the Lockdown Jazz Facebook group. That's kind of cool. All right, let's go. Jared Page says, by the way, did you guys see my Instagram? I'm like about to have to do it here. Go get my glasses out and read it. Like It's happened. Uh, do you think the Jazz could consistently have 97-98 defensive rating throughout the year? What offensive rating do you think you would allow them to compete with Golden State and Houston? All right, let's just do simple math. Let's assume Golden State is, Golden State's funky because they're so much better than their um, they're so much better than their actual numbers. So so funny, by the way. This you know little tiny signs of age. All right, for those of you who are 48. Like, with me, I hope that you laugh. Those are your 24. Actually, if we're on Facebook, like, everyone's old, right? So, there's little signs of age. One is I am still using my Lenovo ThinkPad computer that has a DVD player on it because I like to have that feature and because it just works and I've become that guy who won't buy the newest computer because I'm not sure it all works to all of my systems, particularly my podcast system, which is, like, seven, now eight years old and a little different and not everything works that way. So, that's the first one. The second one is... Like, I use this site here for my NBA stats, which is, like, the oldest stat sheet that's out there. I wonder if I put my hand in front of that. Um, it's, like, it's so old, and no one uses it anymore, but it's the backside of all of the stats, and I use it because I understand how it works, and that's what I get. And All right, so if the Jazz – first of all, if you have the Jazz have a 97-98 defensive rating for a season – that would make the Jazz one of the greatest defensive teams of all time. Detroit Pistons-ass championship caliber team. They would be, um, if they did that, they would be 10 points above league average defensively. That has happened very, very rarely. Um, it was with the Jazz, for the final uh, 40 games of the year last year, um, that's about what the Jazz were. So, I mean, it doesn't sound totally, it's it's insane, but... So if you're at 97, 98, what you've got to do is you've got to become plus eight, which is you've got to be a 106 offensive team, which is exactly what the Jazz were last year. And then you're plus eight, and you're the same level as the Warriors. Now, the Warriors probably could execute at plus 10 if they wanted to for a whole season. But that's um, – so hopefully that made sense. I didn't do that very well. But the idea is you're just trying to figure out what the differential is. So if the Jazz defense gets to as good as Jared said, 96, 97 – uh, or 97, 98, then their offense just stays the same as last year. 
The one that's interesting to me that I've played around with I haven't quite figured out yet is the Jazz at 106.2 last year. If you were to go get Rudy Gobert an extra touch a game or Derek Favors an extra touch a game at the rim, you jump all the way to seventh offensively. It's an in- Just because that's really bunched. It's only 1.6 difference. Denver, Cleveland, Minnesota, Toronto, Houston, and Golden State, those six teams were in a totally different caliber of the rest of the league offensively. That's why Toronto's going to be great. That's why Cleveland, even without LeBron, might be okay, which is my other numbers theory here. Though LeBron is great. But De- Denver, Cleveland, Minnesota, Toronto, Houston, and Golden State, top six teams, which I do like to do, it's top 20%, is, are way better offensively than the rest of the league. And so but the Jazz can slide up underneath that group if they just a little bit shot distribution change. The defensively, by the way, there were four teams better than everybody else. San Antonio, Philadelphia, Utah, Boston, and Toronto was kind of in that next group. Uh, I know you've d- discussed how much historically the second half of the season is not a good indicator for what to expect going into the next season. I'm wondering if this is generally the case because they're – wow, you wrote a novel. You're awesome. Now i got to find that. Um, because of those uh, – seems that they've been alluded to and when describing Quinn complex system and how the team gets better throughout the season as they continue to understand it better. Um, I'm not sure I followed you because I screwed it up, not because of you, Bo. I think you did it correctly. Um, the reason it's not a good indicator is too many teams are not playing hard anymore or arresting players that are good. There's just too many. The first 20 games you're playing teams at their peak level with what they're doing. The last 20 games is you're playing too many teams that might be rolling over, playing a young kid, resting a player. There's just too many variables that start to play in that last 20 games compared to the first 20 when mostly everybody's healthy. Russell Larson, if Golden State only has 58 wins again, which team do you think most likely to be the number one seed? OKC, Houston, Utah, or Golden State? I think most likely still Golden State. 58's a lot. Um, and I don't think Houston's built to go over 58, and I'll, I'm not sure we are either. I mean, we're still... For us to you go to win sixty games, your offense better be top five or six in the league. I, I don't think we're there yet. If Grayson and Royce both play well enough to start, who has the easier pass to being a starter? Uh, neither. I don't think Rubio's going to get knocked out of the lineup, and I don't think Ingles is going to get knocked out of the lineup. I mean, the only thing is if if I guess if uh, and I think Grayson would play in some other way. Um, I think that the um, – I think that – there. I mean, I guess there's a scenario where you decide Joe just comes off the bench and runs that second unit, but it would not be that in that – I think you can do that other ways. This will be the first year Rubio has the sen, uh, same coach in his career. That's not true. His first and second year in Minnesota, he had the same coach, but he's coming off an ACL. How much do you think that will impact him? I think it will be huge. Um, I've talked to him a little bit about it. I expect I plan to talk to him, sit down with him much more about that concept. I don't know if that's one that media creates that he doesn't quite know the answer to or whether that's something he'll truly be able to answer. But I think, Kevin, that's a great point. Uh, and I do think Rubio, that's going to have an enormous impact. And to our point, it's what he might be capable of doing. If Ricky Rubio turns out to be the player we just talked about, I mean, that's a game changer, right? So, I mean, in the 40 games we're talking about, the Jazz lost – 
one, two, three, four of the first five, five of the first seven, six of the first eight, and then lost to Houston, Atlanta, three, four, five, six the rest of the way. So, I mean, the Jazz were 29 and 10 or 29 and 11, I think I just did off the top of my head, in those 40 games. I mean, if that's the level you're getting out of Rubio. I, I think the other issue on Rubio is she, it, I thought it was interesting he talked about his body breaking down um, once he hit the playoffs for the first time. And the, if you go back to the playoffs, he played 35, 37, 35, 36 minutes. His body may not be able to play plus 32, 33 minutes in a night. Um, he only He only did that a few circumstances last year where he – jumped over big number minutes. So who's getting those backup minutes and how they play, Dante, I think might be equally as important to some of this conversation. How does the 14-second shot clock effectively uh, NBA negatively or positively? Um, I think it's cool. So you get an offensive rebound, it goes to 14 now. Uh, The Jazz have an entire offense predicated on it. That's the level of Quinn. So the Jazz have an entire offense out of it. I'll have a specific play call for it in my play-by-play. Um, and I think teams that are ahead of the game will build something for that, where you're trying to, the minute you get an offensive rebound, two or three things happen to try to manufacture that next shot very, very quickly. If Burks is playing 18 to 20 minutes a night a game, do we get a second seed? I don't have any idea because you don't put anywhere in there, Shea, how Alec is playing, right? So if you... If Alec is playing badly and we have no other choice and Alec is playing 18 to 20 minutes, um, then that's not good. Alec played 16 minutes a game last year, was okay. I think he could have been better at times. There were times when he was better. His camp has been generally pretty darn good. I I truly think the biggest thing with A.B. is just him understanding what he's good at. So A.B. did a better job last year. He took his – so. Four years ago, A.B. took long twos, 22% of his shots. Last year, he took them 9%. But he upped his 10 to 16-footer from 8% of the time to 13. So he's still taking 21% of his shots from 10 to 3 feet, and then he's taking another 18% of his shots from 3 to 10 feet. Like that's a, So he's close to 40% of his shots are inefficient twos. That's too many. Like That's a really big number. Um. And so he's got to find a way. Is it 40% or 30%? I want to make sure I didn't do that wrong. Um, ooh, new episode of Locked on NBA with Mike Sando is out. That is a great show. I just got notified of that. Um, ESPN's Mike Sando NFL comes on every Thursday on Locked on NBA. Um, 31, yeah, no, that's 40%. He's, that number's got to, he's got to take 50, 45, 50% of his shots as threes. He's gotten better. He's gone from 17% to 23% to 24 to 31 to 34. But he's got to understand that a 33% three-point shooter, which he was last year, or a 35% career three-point shooter is good. That's fine. Shoot those. It's a much better shot than your 37 career 36% long two, your career 37% mid-range two, or your career 33% three to 10 footer. Right? Like, that's just bad math. So... I, and I think A.B.'s getting that, and they're working with him. Jeff Watkinson is his coach. On the night he took six threes, showed him video of four others that he should have taken that night. All right, final question before we get to the Culture Code interview with Royce O'Neal. And I see there's a bunch of other questions. I'll go through them tonight and have them use them tomorrow. Uh, what was the expected win total this year, 
And are you going to do a win probability thing for the schedule? Wow, what number do you want? 50? Gosh, the coaches will kill me if I do that. 55? They'd really kill me. Ah! Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, Jeff Beckstrom, I think's his name, was a longtime listener, built that model for us. I love that model. I think it's a great, great way to look at a season. Um, so maybe we'll buy a 50 and a 55. Um, final question, because it's so good, from Tommy Newell. Who would win a fight in their prime, you or Andy Larson? So it might never end because both of us are so soft. Andy, I hope you don't mind, but I think you're soft. I'm guessing you're soft. Two, it would be frantic, and both of us probably have a really hot temper that explodes inside of our math geekiness. Um, I'm bigger than he is. But I'm not, not a really tough, good fighter, so... I got my ass kicked a lot when I decided to go get involved in those things. I did a little the other side, but not a lot. So uh, my analytical analysis of this, it would not be something pretty or needed to be ever seen in life. Thank you, guys. Great. I'll try to get to those other questions tomorrow. Thanks so much for being part of the Lockdown Jazz Facebook group. Royce O'Neal coming up next on our Culture Code interview here on Locked on Jazz. And remember, Locked on NBA still daily, every day, you're national perspective mondays is the biggest stories and the local experts tuesdays J- uh, dave ramill and wes goldberg do a wonderful job wednesdays it's jake madison and john corrales fun thursday is supposed to be me today i don't know what i'm doing and friday is a super fun show with An- uh, adam modest and anthony Irwin. coming up in a week or two coming up Next week is our NBA preview editions. I guess i got to get those ready. So our whole NBA preview editions on the Locked On NBA feed, so make sure you subscribe uh, to that. Today's show is brought to you in part by Mazuma USA. If you are a business owner and you have one to five employees and you're not using Mazuma USA, you are costing yourself time and money. This is a wonderful product. So you have a small company. You still have to do all your bookkeeping, all that kind of stuff, but it's a pain because you want to work on your company. I kind of understand this concept. <clears throat> you don't want to deal with all the taxes and all that. That's not why you started a company. So for starting at $75 a month, you set up with Mizuma. They give you a bookkeeper. They give you a CPA. You have unlimited consultation with your CPA. You get a personal business tax return at the end of every year. Every month you get a report. Every quarter you get a tax call. And you have no contract, canceled anytime, no hidden fees. They, they're going to do a good enough job that you want to be a part of it. 801-980-2102. That's 801-980-2102 is the number. I think you'll really find this frees your time, gets a major part of the company that has to be taken care of, done correctly. That's 801-980-2102, Mazuma, USA. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, 
chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. So Royce, when you guys left last year, mm-hmm. and you go back and listen, everyone talked about, we've been like a family, we're leaving a family. What, what does that mean to you, and where did that originate? Uh, I think just, you know, from starting with our front office to our coaches down to the players, you know, they did a great job of putting a great group of guys together who play for one another, who play as a team, and who get along with each other. So, you know, that's like we all family, really. When you when this first kind of started to come together as a rookie last year and you're watching it, and maybe for the first time you actually looked outward instead of worrying all about yourself, yeah. um, which rookies do. When did you notice that there was something going on in this group that was unique? Um, I'd probably say, you know, once you know, once we were at our lowest, like in December, we, we lost a bunch of games in a row. You know, our record wasn't so great. Uh, the media was talking about us, like how we were like going to be a lottery team and it, us just sticking together and then turning around like from – one of the bad losses in Atlanta that we had to the 11-game streak and then the streak after that and then making the playoffs. So, you know, just us sticking together, sticking to each other, you know, believing. We talk about skills. We talk about dribbling and shooting and defense. Yeah. What are the skills that you have to have to have a good culture? I think, you know, guys who want to be leaders, uh, mature, guys who are competitive, and then, you know, just unselfish. I think those skills, you know, are things that builds a great culture. So trust is kind of intertwined in that. How does a group build trust? Just believing in one each other, you know, from guys who have been here for, you know, numerous years to last year, me and Donovan, you know, just us trusting each other, you know, where there's a big play, you know, taking an open shot, making the right read, you know, you know, making the play of the game, you know, just trusting in each other to do what we have to. You mentioned plays. So there's the play that is a Donovan's pass to Ricky Rubio in Toronto. It's talked about a lot, right? And he hits the three. What's more important, that or you sitting with Donovan at 1030 at night in the midst of playing video games and actually sharing a personal story that really like, is you opening up? You, where, What builds this more? Um, you know, I think probably, you know, both of them have, you know, built a lot of trust. And, and, you know, that that 1030 at night conversation, you know, just reaching out to somebody, talking to them, you know, letting loose it in, you know, them hearing you out. And then, you know, just basically being able to talk to somebody, building trust on that. They, in a, I read a book called Culture Code that's led to a lot of this. And one of the things they talked about is that every to be in a group, you have to feel safe. And actually, interestingly, but you have to be willing to be vulnerable to be safe. Right. How does what's your when you hear that? What's your thought of that inside a basketball group? I think just being around a bunch of guys who like who can talk to you about things that they have going outside of basketball. You know, guys who are able to open up, who want to open up to you. 
about, you know, just little stuff that, you know, might be bothering them, but they just want to have somebody to talk to. It's a great scene uh, in one of the books. Danny Myers, a chef who actually did Shake Shack, is a, a, he's a world-renowned like restauranteur, and one of them, it's, Shake Shack's been fairly successful. But he was being interviewed, and one of the waiters dropped a bunch of plates, and he said, wait a sec, and he watched. And uh, when they were done, the author said, well, what were you watching? He goes, well, I wanted to see after a mistake was made whether the team sprinted to help the person out or whether they grumbled about, oh, that guy did it again. How much do you feel that inside of a basketball team when it's good versus when it's bad? I mean, you feel it at times, you know, whether somebody makes a bad play, you know, they might miss a game when it's shot, you know, but it's how the team reacts, you know, tell them, look forward to the next one, you know. That might be a shot you practice all the time, just didn't happen to go in. So just basically telling them, and helping them out to look for it and pass that, you know. The one of the other studies they did, and this is they take a group, and you've got a group of people working on a project, and then they bring in one person, and the person's got this negative energy and just a downer, and of course the productivity of the entire group drops, even though they're not really doing anything. And then you do the same thing with a, somebody who's really, really positive and picks kind of the energy up and is positive and needless to say they're not actually doing anything, but the whole group's productivity increases. Yeah. Who are the guys in this group? that are able to do that? I think everybody's capable of it. Um, I mean, you know, I have guys who do it more, like myself, you know, I try to. Uh, Ricky does it a lot. Joe, Donovan, you know, Epe, you know, AB does it. You know, I think everybody does it at a certain time. You know, just some guys do it more than others. Donovan does do it and was in a whirlwind last year. What was it like for you to have the front row seat to watch not just the whirlwind, but him being able to kind of maintain the fact that he's shouting out Bernie the smoothie maker one day, right? Like, what was it like for you to watch him maintain himself in all of that? I think, I mean, for myself, it was just, you know, just him not changing, him being the same guy from when he came in to to today, you know, with all the hype and, you know, all the success that he had, but him not letting that get to his head, him still being the same person where he's coming over, losing in video games to me, you know, we're going to, like, college games or something, you know, us hanging out with each other, you know, him just not changing up, being the same humble kid that he is. Are you surprised? Oh, yeah. No, not at all. Really? No. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he does a great job of handling it, you know, not letting it get to his head, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, all that success, he doesn't let it get to him. He's to, he has his days where he beats himself up at times. But Back to the culture, group performance depends on behavior, that kind of one overall idea. Is there one overall driving force to who the Utah Jazz are? Or what your characteristic as a group is? I think our toughness and hard work. You know, just having guys who don't mind getting dirty, who don't mind doing all the hard work, and then just making that impactful on the court. One thing I think is interesting watching is the amount of communication amongst you guys on the floor. And one of the things the book talks about is that, you know, you're much better off if you ask for help ten times than if you try to do it yourself. But most of us try to do stuff ourselves. So how does a basketball, your group specifically, get to the stage where everyone's willing to ask everyone for help and questions and things of that sort? I think just us communicate with each other, you know, talking to each other about, like, what each other see, like, whether on and off the court, you know, just, you know, whether you're on the court and you get subbed out and it's always somebody that comes up to you, you know, 
telling you good job or that telling you, like, look for this next time. And it also goes for our coaches doing the same thing. Do you have – so if you have a – you don't have to be totally specific here. You're welcome to if you want to. If you have a life issue, if you have a basketball issue, if you have a – I don't know, car issue, if you have – do you have different people you go to? I mean, I usually go to the same people. You know, it might be my mom or, like, my closest homies that I have back home so that I talk to. Uh, if you were to meet one person in this organization – that exemplified the culture of the organization, who would you say it is? Mm, one person in the organization. I mean, it's a lot of people in the organization that, that exemplify the definition of this team. So, I can't, nah, I can't just go pick one. Okay. Let's go you specifically for a second. You are where as a player in your mind? Um, who are you right now as a player? I think I'm like a good player right now, but I want to take it to the next level, you know, be a great player, can't be, you know, can't get satisfied with the success that I had, you know, I want to get better each and every day. What are the obstacles that you have to overcome to do that? Um, just, you know, just bringing that confidence each day, you know, don't get down on myself, you know, just remember all the hard work and dedication that I put into the game, just believing and going out there and show it. Same thing as a team, where are you guys as a team right now? Uh, I think we, you know, everybody's getting back. I think we at a good spot, and we know we still have some work to do. So, but once season gets here, I think everybody be ready and focused in. And what do you think the next tier has? What has to happen for the next tier for this team? And same thing. What are the obstacles? Uh, I mean, just taking one game at a time. You know, try to get to the next series that we did last year. You know, try to take it to the next level. And what are the what? What? What's the difference between if you do it and don't do it? Do you think? I think just, I think if we don't, it's just us not, you know, working as hard to get there. Okay, so I have an interesting question for you. That this is, you know, I'm old enough to be your dad. So, I, so you've had this like incredible off season, mm-hmm. where you probably got exposed by being with Donovan to more things, more pickup games, more moments than you would have otherwise. Do you agree with that? Is that a fair? Let's make sure the premise of my question is accurate. I mean, a little bit. At times we hung out, you know. He was traveling, I was too. I um, mean, you know, some opportunities were like he invited me, you know, places, and I invited him places. So I get, yeah. So what do you think the impact of that is? Like, I don't know, you know, whether it's hanging with James Harden and Chris Paul, and when you, whether it's, I don't think you went to China, did you? you no. Know, that was his mom and his daughter. Yeah. There's enough things it's hard to remember. <laughs> um, but what do you think the impact on that? For you in this stage of your career, that you got exposed to more things than maybe you might have in a regular offseason. Mm, I think just being around the right people, put myself in the situations, and then just basically wanting to get better. You think it makes you better? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, when you play against other guys like NBA, NBA players who you play against during the regular season, it's different during the summer. So, but uh, I mean, I, I think so. I think. It, Thank you, Russ.
Big thanks to Buckets O'Neill for the time. Ricky Rubio on tomorrow's Culture Code interview. Plus, I'll get to the rest of the questions from the Facebook Live today. Feel free to join our Facebook group, Locked on Jazz. We're excited to have you on that. Locked on NFL today, Mike Sando. Locked on NBA has got daily programming coming for you as well. And Locked on Fantasy Football has experts now uh, interviewing with Vinny Iyer every week. So lots of great programming. And Crossover Wednesday was yesterday, so go find your favorite NFL team game as well all on the locked on podcast network rejecting the screen has been retweeted by kobe dame lillard and vince carter so it's fair to say you should give it a shot i'm noah kozlov and i'm adam stanko rejecting the screen hits your feet every tuesday and thursday on tuesday we talk hoops and a little bit of life on thursday we go iso with a guest stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the nba with tales we promise you've never heard before find rejecting the screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button